You're listening to an encore presentation of Faith and Family. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. More important topics to address today. Moving on to the topic of shopping addiction. To help us with that, Courtney Frerichs. She's the Director of Counseling Services at Lutheran Family Services of Iowa. Courtney, welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about Lutheran Family Services of Iowa and your work there, Courtney. Certainly. I'm the Director of Counseling, so I have an administrative role, but I am also a licensed mental health counselor. So I have a caseload of clients that I am fortunate enough to work with. And Lutheran Family Service uh, has offices across the state of Iowa. We have various locations. And most of our locations offer mental health counseling or marriage counseling. And then our adoption program also offers pregnancy counseling to anywhere in the state of Iowa. Let's talk about this uh, this addiction of shopping. Is it a real problem? Sometimes we joke about it, uh, you know, that, oh, so-and-so, my, my, my wife, my cousin, my, my brother-in-law has a, a shopping addiction, has so much stuff he, he, he or she doesn't really need. Uh, is it a, a, a real problem? I would say, yes, it is a real problem for thousands of people across the United States. Many of us go on shopping sprees. Many of us like to shop, and women in particular tend to view shopping or go shopping as a social activity. So some other people might engage in sport, and some like to shop for fun. So for those who this turns into a problem is it's no longer fun. They tend to do it alone. So it's not a social engagement, and it's not something they do with their friends. Uh, It is a true addiction, and they get a high just as much as a person who uses drugs would get a high. Interesting. What is it? So it produces this uh, a high. What do you mean by that when you say it produces a high, Uh, similar to that when, when, when one uses drugs? Right. Very good. It is a rush of chemicals in our brain. So we all have feel-good chemicals in our brain. And when we say that someone is experiencing a high, that would be a rush of endorphins and specifically dopamine. We talk about runner's high, so Mm -hmm. that is what they're talking about, that rush of feel-good chemicals that hits their brain. Same thing when we drink alcohol, we eat chocolate. Uh, someone does cocaine, smokes a cigarette, and for some of us, when we go shopping. Hmm. So it, it it creates this 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 behavior then creates this release of chemicals in the brain that creates this 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 feeling, um, and and the. The, the act uh, of buying, it may not even be something that they necessarily need. There's just, um, it's, it's somehow a, a repetitive or a compulsive behavior in a sense. Is that right? Right. It's the simple act of shopping. So it's acquiring purchases. Uh, some people like to find items on sale. So scoring a good bargain would be what they're after. 
they don't need to have the item. They might already have 20 candles at home sitting in their closet, but they found a scent they like or they found another one. Uh, they get a little bit of a high. They need to buy it. For some, it's collecting. So men typically fall into this a little bit more. So when they find whatever particular item they're collecting, they need to buy another one. doesn't matter that the garage is full or that the den or their cabinet is already overstuffed with everything they're collecting. Simply finding another one, they have to have it. How do you know? What are the, the signs to look for? Um, you know, what are some things that would indicate a possible shopping addiction, whether in yourself or in a loved one? Right. Purchasing on credit is a huge one, and that's one of the first ones that we look for that you could ask yourself or ask a loved one. Credit is so easy to obtain these days. Many people have numerous credit cards and use those credit cards to even pay off old credit cards. That way they can continue uh, their shopping uninterrupted. So paying with credit is big. Another one would be finding lots of the same items in various places around either your home or a loved one's home. So a closet full of clothes and they also have tags on them. They haven't even been used. That would be a great cause for concern. Finding other things stuffed away. Someone doesn't even know that they purchased them. They don't remember purchasing them. But here we go, they open a drawer or a closet and they're kind of assaulted with everything that they've been buying and they don't even remember it. Other things, shopping alone. They don't want to shop with their friends because someone might find out what they're doing, someone might make a comment and they don't want to have that kind of pressure so they would prefer and typically shop alone. Uh, so those are the main key things. And then afterwards, there's always a feeling of guilt. So if you're talking about yourself, you may want to say, do I usually feel guilty after going on this shopping spree? Hmm. Do I feel bad? Do I possibly even want to go shopping to assuage my feelings of guilt? Or do I go shopping after I have a fight with my husband? Do I jump online and start purchasing a bunch of items? Again, not things that you need. So do I go shopping when I'm depressed, when I'm angry, when I'm sad? Or do I shop to celebrate? Now, we're not talking about the the busy mom who uh, just... You know, needs to go shopping for something for the family, clothes, food, whatever it might be, the busy mom or dad, who just wants an hour by herself. <laughs> right. When we, when we say shopping alone, that's not what we're talking about. No, because that's how I prefer to shop. <laughs> I, I don't want to shop with my kids or my husband most of the time. I prefer to have just that. It's that quiet time, that alone time. The difference between someone who prefers to shop that way versus someone who has that true addiction or compulsion there would be when I come home, I'm perfectly comfortable with bringing everything I purchased into the home, setting it all out. And if my husband wanted to look at my receipts or say, hey, how much damage was done to the checking account, 
he could look at all of that and I would have a conversation with him and there would be no guilt or no problem. For someone who has more of the compulsion or addiction, they would hide their purchases. They might leave them in the trunk or the back of their vehicle. They might stuff them down into another bag, put them somewhere else in the garage, and then when they have that alone time, they would then bring them into the house because they don't want others to know just how much they bought or how much they spent. So that that shame, that guilt, wanting to hide things is is generally a sign that there's something wrong. It's very likely, it's very possible that it it, it could be a shopping addiction. There's some it, when you're wanting to hide something, there's certainly an issue, something deeper that needs to be looked at. Right. It's the recurrent feelings of shame and guilt. It's not, you know, buyer's remorse of oh, I don't really think I needed that pair of shoes or wow, I really love that pair of shoes and I haven't even worn them and it's been a year. It's not that because, again, we all do that every once in a while. This would be recurrent. Every time they go out shopping, they usually feel bad about it afterwards. It's largely tied to money because they shouldn't have been spending that money. Hmm. What then... If we if we suspect a, a shopping addiction uh, that that a loved one might have a shopping addiction, we see some of these these signs in a loved one. How then do we go about breaking down that wall? How do we begin a conversation? What might we do? Sure, if it's yourself, we always say admitting it is half the battle. Mm-hmm. If it's a loved one, that can be just as difficult. So having an honest but very gentle conversation with them, you need to make sure that you have a time and place to talk with them. So trying to talk with them over supper, say, when everybody is around, that's not a good time. You want to make sure you can set aside uninterrupted time with them And just be very frank and honest. I'm very concerned. This is what I think is going on. Please tell me what you think is happening. And asking for clarification. If it's a spouse and you think they have this problem, you have the right and absolute freedom to request, I need to see some receipts. Or I see this credit card bill and setting it in front of them. And then trying to say, we need to come up with a plan. We need to try to find a way to fix this so we don't have to go through this anymore. And then trying to see what they have to say. So honesty certainly is is key. But uh, we're sometimes, especially if there's shame and guilt here, Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to get around that. and but opening up those doors to that conversation, just being frank and, and working around that, and then perhaps seeking. How do we know that that we need to seek professional help when it has those feelings of shame and guilt? If you are overspending and you're opening those numerous credit cards because you need to pay off the balances of previous credit cards, that's definitely. Um, you know, a warning sign. If you find yourself shopping, yeah, you know what? I am shopping whenever I'm upset about something. 
you don't even necessarily have to be in debt simply saying, I do tend to shop a lot when I'm not feeling good about my life. I need to find some other ways and some other coping skills so that I don't engage in this unhealthy behavior anymore. And if someone just refuses to be honest, which happens because it's very difficult to admit these types of things and what we're doing wrong, you go back and you have repeated discussions. And if it is a spouse, somebody who is directly tied to your finances, you might need to take other steps. So that could be uh, enlisting the help of a financial advisor, uh, trying to close some accounts, take credit cards away, spend only cash. Uh, those types of steps might be possible. Certainly, there, there are some some major negative effects that can occur from a shopping addiction, specifically financial. Right, and since finances is the number one argument between couples, we can easily understand why this could be such a problem for many, many marriages across the world. Is it is it like other addictions in that okay, I, I've made it through, I've gotten some help, but it's something that I have to manage the rest of my life, It's that uh, it, it's possible to fall off the wagon, if you will? I would say so. We all have periods in our life where we know what the right thing to do is. Sometimes we get into those habits and we're doing the right thing. The simplest things probably for us to think of along those lines would be eating healthy, exercising, flossing our teeth. We all know those are the right things to do. We don't all do them. We sometimes do them. We go through spurts and periods of having healthy behaviors, and then we slack off. Same thing with addiction. Some people want to say, well, can I ever be cured? I like to talk with people about spending a lifetime of developing healthy habits and monitoring yourself and never thinking, I just need to go through these steps and then I'm cured, I'm done. It's a lifetime of making sure you're doing everything you can to be healthy, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of it. With the holidays just around the corner. <laughs> right. And that that's, you know, one of the major activities that, that happens in this last quarter of the year as we prepare for the holidays. Any tips on how to uh, to prevent this, especially for someone who might have struggled with this in the past? Mm-hmm. Um, what can we do uh, to to make it through this season without, um, you know, having a relapse, if you will? Certainly. Enlist help. Make sure that you are not alone and that this is not falling on just you. So do you have a friend? Do you have a spouse? Do you have a family member? Someone in your church even that could help you. And if shopping has been particularly troublesome around the holidays, as you said, many of us fall victim to that. Try to develop new family traditions and new traditions with your friends. Say you don't need to be spending or I'm doing something new this year. I'm not going to be giving out gifts like I have in the past, but you are very important to me. And I would like to make sure that you know that and we're able to spend some time together this holiday season. 
try to have some new traditions and make them all about being with people, not giving to people. So the, it's still in, the, the key here is expressing that uh, that love for someone, that that appreciation for someone, and rather than spending all that time shopping, spend that time together. Yes, what could be better around the holidays than being with the people you love? Certainly, that 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 makes sense. Absolutely. Other tips, uh, things that that we should think about when it comes to this this issue of shopping addiction or compulsive behavior in general? Just know that there is help out there and that we all have periods in our life where things aren't going well and we're not doing the best things to take care of ourselves. And give yourself some compassion, give yourself some grace and mercy, and ask for help when you need it. These types of issues people feel so shameful of. They wouldn't have a problem maybe going to the doctor because they might need some physical therapy. But when it comes to emotions or mental health, many of us don't want to admit that we're struggling. So don't be afraid to admit you're struggling. All of us do. It comes and goes, but you have to know when you might need help. And if you're struggling with this more days of the week or of the month or year than you're not, that's a good sign that you need to seek some help. And what are the things to look for when we're looking for help? What are some of the things when we're, we're, you know, where do we begin that search? Obviously, Lutheran Family Services of Iowa is a great resource. Uh, What are the things that that we should look for when seeking help? If it's uh, specific to shopping addiction, you would want to call various mental health agencies and ask if they have somebody on board who is familiar with and who has treated this type of disorder. That's one of the best pieces of advice I could give. Many therapists maybe don't treat addictions at all or else they don't know specifically about compulsive shopping or shopping addiction. Contacting your insurance company if you have uh, health insurance That's another good idea. They often have a database in their computer, and they can start to direct you in the right way for your help. Asking pastors, friends, your own personal physician, all of those could be very good resources for knowing who to go to. Courtney, how can we, what can we find out about uh, Lutheran Family Services? What, What are the services available through Lutheran Family Services that might be helpful, and how do we find out more? You can go to our website, lfsiowa.org, so that's L for Lutheran, F for Family, S for Service, Iowa, spelled out, .org, and you can see what locations that we have across the state, and you can certainly call and ask to speak with myself and any of the therapists, and we can talk with you and give you some information about how the counseling process works. It is very much you fill out some paperwork, as you do when you go to the physician, and you sit down, and one of our first questions would be, what led you here? What led you to call Lutheran Family Service today and make this appointment? You start talking. We just have a conversation, much as you're asking me questions today. 
We develop some goals and form a treatment plan, and then we continue to meet and work on those goals. We give homework assignments, advise you to read books, fill out other pieces of paper, and the best thing you can do is to do those homework assignments and research and try to take care of yourself when you're not in session with one of our therapists. Excellent. LFSIowa.org, is that right? That is correct. Well, Courtney, uh, this information is certainly helpful. I hope that uh, our listeners find it helpful as well. We'll post the uh, the archive of today's program, the audio from today's program on our website as well. And uh, Later on today, we'll get that posted and uh, a link to your organization. Courtney, thanks so much for helping us uh, discuss this important topic of, of shopping addiction. Great. Thank you so much. You have a great day. My pleasure. Courtney Frerichs, Director of Counseling for, Luth- uh, for services, or Counseling Services for Lutheran Family Services of Iowa. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word. Going to study God's Word here. Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky sitting in for Pastor Whedon today. You're listening to Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.